We're back. I missed you last week, but I hope it gave you a chance to catch up on some of our past episodes or re-listen to one of your favorites. The question for today's episode is one that many people have been asking lately. Whether you're talking about a formal work role or a leadership role in your community, you may find yourself questioning if it's really all worth it. If you have the means and the privilege to ask this question, you may be wondering if where you are leading is the right place for you. And when I mentioned in a past episode that Gallup research shows that career well-being is the foundational element of well-being, and that career well-being is all about liking what you do every day, you might have found yourself questioning your role even more, especially for women, as evidenced by many women leaving the workforce. These questions have become increasingly louder in their minds during the pandemic. The problem is, it turns out that the grass is not always greener on the other side. In fact, as Adam Grant recently shared in his Work Life podcast, a new long-term study that looks at your well-being after you quit your job showed that voluntary job change actually predicted decreased job satisfaction and decreased vitality and increased work-family conflicts. Yikes. So what are we to do? Stay or go? How do we know? How can we actually find the joy and well-being that is what we're really after in our leadership? That's what we're going to dig into in today's episode. But before we do that, let me introduce myself. Are you feeling stuck in your leadership or life? Like each day is a repeat of the one before it? Is your health and well-being suffering as a result? Or maybe you're feeling like you finally have the opportunity to make the impact that you've been longing for, but want to make sure you're honing your leadership skills and focusing on your well-being so that this high will last. Either way, I'm here for you. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder with over 20 years experience developing others toward their full potential. At Moms That Lead, we know that leadership is not about position and that moms have a unique ability to lead and inspire others in all of their circles. We're here to help you thrive so that you can make the impact you long for in your workplace, community, and family. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Okay, so let's start with the end in mind. What are we really after? To keep our conversation a bit focused, let's just use Gallup's definition of career well-being. You like what you do every day. They are careful to point out that that doesn't have to be a formal job. So let's look at that. What goes into you liking what you do every day? whether that be in an office, at home, or in your community. I would say that some of you are going to answer that it gives you energy, that it's meaningful, that you feel like you're having an impact, that you feel valued, that you feel like you belong to something, and that you have a chance to learn and grow. You may also say that it's tied to your purpose. Finally, you may say that it allows you to align your time each day with your priorities, with what's really important to you. Did I capture any of what helps you to like what you do every day? So considering all that, I'll ask you the question again. Do you like what you do every day? 
what should you do if your answer is no? Well, first of all, I'm going to sound like a little bit of a broken record on this one, but you need to know yourself. You need to know what gives you energy. As you know, I'm a fan of the Clifton Strengths and using that to identify the different talent themes that you have that really predict where you're going to be most successful. What those themes do is they show what kind of activities you can take on that are going to give you that energy. So for example, I know that my current job actually requires a lot of a theme that I don't have in the top of my themes. It requires a lot of woo or getting out there and building relationships with new people. I can do that, but it doesn't necessarily give me energy. Sometimes it drains me, but... I know that I can lean on some of my other themes that are at the top of my list, those that are more prevalent for me, to help me recharge. For example, I know, as I've mentioned in past episodes, that if I put in 10 to 15 minutes a day of focused learning time, that will help me to have more energy each day. Another piece of knowing yourself and knowing what you're really after in terms of making an impact is tied to your purpose. Now we've talked a lot about purpose on this podcast and I even have a mini course for you to help identify your purpose. But as I learn more about purpose, as I journey through Tara Moore's Playing Big program, which by the way, I hope to soon incorporate into my coaching. It's not just about having one purpose or one calling. It really is being aware of the multiple callings that we have throughout our life. She defines a calling as a sense of assignment that we each receive to bring light, love, or good into the world in some particular way. If you haven't checked out her Play in Big book, I definitely recommend that. But as I learn more about that, I realize that it's really just our job to remain open to those callings and to figure out how we can live those callings now, because that will energize us. So what do I mean by that? Well, think about what are you feeling called to do right now? Now, of course, we could spend a lot more time helping you to answer that question. And that is something that I do in my coaching. But think about if anything comes to the top of your mind right now. A practice that Tara uses is the thousand-year test. In other words, if you take what you feel called to do right now, how you feel particularly assigned to bring good into the world. What might that have looked like a thousand years ago? And then how can you use that information to live the essence of that calling today without making any big changes? So let me walk you through some examples on that. One example that Tara gives is maybe a woman feels really called to be a doctor. But of course, becoming a doctor is a very long process. So if she thought about what that might look like a thousand years ago, it may simply just be about comforting the sick. So how could she go about living that essence of comforting the sick right now? Well, maybe she can bring soup to a neighbor who isn't feeling well. Another example, maybe you feel really called to teach in a poor area or a third world country. But that's just not possible for your life right now. That takes a lot of training that you don't necessarily have the time or the finances to achieve right now. Well, the essence of that calling, if you think about 
what that might have looked like a thousand years ago. It might have just been teaching those around you particular skills. So how could you do that right now? Maybe it's finding opportunities in your current job to teach someone a five-minute skill that will make their life easier. Maybe it's about finding opportunities to tutor in your community or to teach a skill to a neighbor. As a final example, maybe you feel called to write a book, but you know that's going to be a long process of finding publishers, working with them. It could take years. So maybe a way to live that calling right now is just to write a simple blog post. So as you're thinking about what you feel called to do, because we know that's going to give you meaning in your current leadership role and give you energy in your current leadership role, are there opportunities to live the essence of that calling in your current role? Believe me, the joy that comes from doing that can often more than balance out any negative experiences that you're having with your coworkers or those that you're leading. In fact, it can even give meaning to some of those challenges. So I encourage you to look at that. Adam Grant, in the podcast episode that I mentioned earlier, also suggests looking at three factors before making the move to leave your current role. He suggests that you look at voice, loyalty, and alternatives. So what does he mean by voice? Well, basically it means that you have a say in ways to improve your current position. Is there someone that you could talk to about making changes to your current role? If you don't feel that your current role allows you to align your use of time with what's most important to you, can you propose ideas for the project work that you're seeking or the flexibility that you need? So in other words, do you have a voice in making changes to your current situation? Second, loyalty. If you think about it, how much do you care about your organization's mission and the people there? If you care a great deal about those, but you've kind of forgotten it, or your view has gotten clouded by being overworked or negativity, what can you do to re-inspire that passion? It could be as simple as spending some social time with the people you value, like we talked about on our last episode. Or maybe it's about watching a video about your organization's mission and really taking some time to reflect on how your day-to-day work supports that mission. Finally, if you don't have voice or loyalty, before you just get up and leave your current role, think about, do you have good alternatives? And will those alternatives be a better situation for you? Or will you be facing even more challenges in that new situation? Of course, I encourage you to listen to the rest of the Work Life podcast episode, and I will link it in the show notes. There are some great tips there, including a process that I loved called the STAY interview. So definitely check that out. I hope that these questions and tips help you to find more joy in your leadership as you strive to improve your own career well-being and that of those you lead. Remember, first, know yourself. What gives you energy? What are you feeling called to do right now? Second, look for opportunities in your current role. What are the ways where you can use your strengths and those activities that give you energy in your current role? Are there ways that you can live the essence of what you're feeling called to do right now? And then finally, take some time to evaluate your current role based on voice, loyalty, and alternatives. Remember, in the end, As one of my favorite spiritual guides, Henry Nouwen says, joy does not simply happen to us. We have to choose joy and keep choosing it every day.
We'll talk a bit more next week about how he suggests that we do that. But for this week, I encourage you to spend some time reflecting on how you can learn about yourself, your strengths and your values, and really think about what is calling you right now so that you can figure out how to find joy in your current role or plan for the creation of your next phase of leadership. After all, we need you to be at your best, energized, inspired, and in your place of greatest impact. Have a wonderful week reflecting. I'm excited to bring you some really insightful interviews in the coming month. And remember, as always, until next time, lead with love.